Today's video is brought to you by HelloFresh. This video will contain spoilers for The Mandalorian chapters one through 14. Hey brother! Guys, one of my favorite things about The Mandalorian is how each week it feels like you're playing through the next level of a video game. Mando lands on a planet, meets up with some new allies, completes a mission, collects a little info, parts ways, and we're on to the next week. He has the very loose goal of return Grogu to the Jedi to lightly drive forward the plot, but rarely is it the absolute focus of any given episode. And sure, occasionally there are recurring characters and places, but for the most part, each episode just feels like its own little one-off, which can make it very easy to forget to ask the big question, which is, where are they going with all of this? And guys, I think I've figured it out. I think I have figured out the overarching story they are trying to tell and how Mando and Grogu fit into the greater Star Wars story. And more specifically, how Grogu is very closely connected to Rey. Let's do this. on in, we need to give a huge thank you to today's sponsor, HelloFresh. Now guys, if you're anything like me, you might be having a somewhat complicated relationship with your grocery store as of late. On the one hand, you don't really want to be exposed to a whole lot of the world, but then on the other hand, you gots to eat. That's where HelloFresh can help, to let you skip those trips to the store and make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. In case you're unaware how it works, HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned, high-quality, fresh food directly to your home so that you can make meals that are delicious and nutritious. Now, as you guys may be aware, I currently have three children that are three and under, which can make meal planning one heck of a chore. But HelloFresh makes it quick and easy with dinner on the table in just about 30 minutes. Plus, they're like super flexible. You can easily change your meal plan schedule or skip a week if you need to right from the app. My personal favorites have definitely been the firecracker meatballs or the crispy buffalo spiced chicken, which was really perfect for the whole family, like even Luke loved it. I mean, I don't want to brag, but he's a pretty adventurous eater, but the point is he did really like this. But for us, you just cannot beat the convenience of the meal, the pre-portioned nature of it, and the nutritional value of it, and it just comes straight to your door. If you want to check it out, and I highly recommend that you do, you can head over to hellofresh.com super80 and use the promo code super80 to get $80 off plus free shipping. Again, hellofresh.com slash super80, code super80 for $80 off and free shipping. Link is in the description down below. Guys, for years, one of our favorite guessing games on this channel was trying to guess Ray's lineage, and we took a lot of stabs at it. It was the mystery I was most keen to get answers for heading into the ninth and final film, The Rise of Skywalker. And lo and behold, the movie delivered us an answer that Ray was the granddaughter of Emperor Palpatine. What? Craziness, right? But as nice as it was to finally have an answer, it also seemed like it opened up a whole bunch of new questions too. Also somewhat a little bit of confirmation that sometimes it's more fun to wonder than actually know. But like, did that mean Emperor Palpatine had like physical relations with someone? Because that just feels unlikely and wrong on many levels. <laughs> but like how in space would his child not have 
force powers. And like, does the timing even line up for that to work out? And how would that child ever escape his reach? Well, it turns out that despite what we saw in Rise of Skywalker, it's not that cut and dry. There are actually a few more layers to Rey's parents, specifically her father, who was supposedly Palpatine's son. As revealed in the novelization of the movie, The Rise of Skywalker Expanded Edition, Palpatine's son is not really his son in the traditional biological sense. But, but, not, not in the Star Wars sense of the word. Which is to say, Palpatine did not procreate with another human being, which like, thank the maker, am I right? I think we can all sleep a little easier at night knowing that that never happened. Instead, his son is what is known as a strand cast. A strand cast is an artificial life form constructed through various scientific methods, such as bioengineering, cloning, and genetic experimentation. The genetic structure of a strand cast could be significantly altered through genetic engineering, resulting in a non-identical clone of the original source. Essentially, it's just a different different way to clone someone. Unlike the clone army or Django and Boba Fett, however, they are not always identical and there is no need to age them up. They can just be created as full adults and may also contain some genetic alterations. So basically after Return of the Jedi, Palpatine's uh, essence, if you will, is trapped in the decaying form we see him as at the start of Rise of Skywalker. As such, his little Sith eternal underlings are trying to create a more stable host for him. And to do this, they used Palpatine's genetic profile and eventually ended up with his son, AKA Ray's dad. But if that all sounds confusing, don't worry. There's actually a much better example. The most well-known strand cast is actually Supreme Leader Snoke. Yet another character who remains shrouded in mystery for most of the sequel trilogy. He appears ancient, like way older even than the Clone Wars and also super powerful, which left a lot of people wondering like, uh. Where was he during the prequel and main trilogy if he's this big and bad? The answer, however, was provided to us in Rise of Skywalker when Kylo Ren walks past a back-to-tank full of what looks like failed Snoke clones, or else just failed attempts to make Snoke in the first place, and Palpatine reveals that he is the one who made Snoke. So despite looking super old, it turns out that he merely believes himself to be really old and is in fact created as a giant old looking gross dude from the beginning. Speaking of that back to tank though, I was having extreme flashbacks to it a couple of weeks ago watching The Mandalorian when Mando and crew break into an Imperial base and discover all of these failed experiments also floating in back to tanks. This discovery is also accompanied by a brief hollow recording from Dr. Pershing, who reveals some very important information about how he's been using the blood he extracted from Grogu back in season one. He says, we replicated the results of the subsequent trials, which also resulted in catastrophic failure. There were promising effects for an entire fortnight, but then sadly the body rejected the blood. I highly doubt we'll find a donor with a higher M count though. Unfortunately, we have exhausted our initial supply of blood. The child is small and I was only able to harvest a limited amount without killing him. If these experiments are to continue as requested, we would again require access to the donor. So with that memo and all of the failed experiments you see in the back to tanks, here's what it sounds like is happening. The Empire is trying to create a strand cast of somebody who requires blood with a high 
M count. The M stands for midichlorine, which the show is appropriately avoiding trying to say because everyone hates that word. But just in case you don't know, a higher midichlorine count equals a more powerful force user. The reading is off the chart. Over 20,000. Even Master Yoda doesn't have a midichlorine count that high. Over 20,000. 20,000. So, First of all, the Empire, as of the most recent episode, just re-kidnapped Grogu, so they definitely have access to his blood again. And The Mandalorian takes place five years after Return of the Jedi and the fall of the Empire. So, who could they be trying to create a strand cast of that requires blood with a high M count? Hmm. Uh, yeah, it's Palpatine. Although actually my first thought was, oh my God, Grogu's blood is gonna be used to create Snoke. Ugh. But I don't think that really works. Snoke is what they eventually succeed with in this endeavor. Before that though, they fail by creating, dun dun dun, Ray's father. And although Ray's father is a successful strand cast in terms of looking like a normal human, he is a failure in terms of he can't use the force. And as such, he is cast aside by Palpatine who wants nothing to do with someone with his blood who can't use the force. However, he is still allowed to live so that he can further the Palpatine line through regular conventional means. Which we know he does when he eventually has Ray. So, if you're following along, here's the theory. The Empire is trying to use Grogu's blood and combine it with the Emperor's genetic profile to create a strand cast. The end result of which is Rey's father, who sadly possesses none of the Emperor's powers. However, he will then go on to meet Rey's mother and produce Rey, who does possess the Emperor's powers and some of Grogu's. Grogu is going to lead to the creation of Rey. And don't you worry, I have a lot more. Jay, you might be thinking, this sounds great, but even just the term strand cast is kind of a niche expanded universe term, isn't it? Do you really think they're gonna rely on that for such an extremely major plot point? Well, believe it or not, the phrase strand cast actually has been on screen before. In The Mandalorian. It hasn't grown much. I think it might be a strand cast. I have spoken. I have more to say. Like, let's see uh, what else. Uh, hey, remember in Rise of Skywalker when Rey suddenly displays the never before seen power to force heal somebody's wound? Well, check yourself again because guess who did it first three days earlier? That's right, Grogu. Seriously though, I feel like that's kind of a big one. Like we had never seen this power on screen before. And then over the course of three days, two characters suddenly do it. And when I say three days, all I mean is that that episode of The Mandalorian came out three days before Rise of Skywalker came out in theaters. Not three in-universe days, but don't worry, we'll talk about the timeline. Hey, speaking of the timeline, even the timing works out, which is always kind of tricky in the Star Wars universe. All right, stick with me here. The Mandalorian takes place in 9 ABY. That's nine years after the Battle of Yavin. The Force Awakens takes place in 34 ABY, and in that movie, Rey is 19, meaning that Rey was born in 15 ABY, which leaves six full years between the timeline in The Mandalorian and Rey's birth for her father to meet her mother and have her. Uh, wait though, you might be thinking, six years isn't long enough for her father to grow up and have a kid? And you would be right, except remember, he is a strand cast and does not need to be born as a child, is simply cloned 
as an adult. And as such, we do not need to account for him aging up as long as he has enough time to meet Rey's mom, which he totally does. Look, at the end of the day, it comes down to this. In The Mandalorian, we know the Empire is trying to create a strand cast with Grogu's blood. And there are really only two super important strand casts that we know of. One of them is Snoke, and one of them has a daughter who shares an extremely unique power with Grogu. Plus, just, oh, how amazing would it be if little Grogu is connected to Rey? Like, what a much more satisfying answer than that she's just the granddaughter of Palpatine. But there you go, guys. That is our theory for how Mando and Grogu will contribute in a huge way to the greater Star Wars story. Either way, I cannot wait to see how it all plays out. But Ben, my question for you and everyone else is, what do you think? Will Grogu be connected to Rey? I am so convinced. Convinced this is what they're going for, but let me know your thoughts in the towel section down below. Also, have you adopted the name Grogu yet, or are you still just saying Baby Yoda? I'm fine with either, but they're both so adorable, I don't even care. Guys, thanks as always for watching today's video. Don't forget to leave a like on it if you haven't already, and subscribe so you don't miss any future Star Wars action from us. If you want to see why Mando is totally getting his own lightsaber, you can check out this video right here. But Ben, until next time, I will see you in another life, brother. Hey, if you want a discount on some Carlin Brothers coffee, head over to carlinbrotherscoffee.com and use promo code BYDEC11 to get 11% off your entire order by December 11th.